The Pro Act know-how. What we did discuss last week was issues around uh, the short stay residency visa. And what we're going to do is dive down a bit more today uh, to look at how that uh, impacts overseas property owners. Now, uh, lots of people around the world have a holiday home um, where, where they can stay, but they're not necessarily choosing to live and work abroad. But the changes to uh, regulations around the world impact uh, your freedom of movement to these uh, properties as well. Um, over the last 20 years or so, it's been a gradual introduction, but into Europe and the EU now, um, electronic travel authorities are coming forward, which means that the international standard on short stay rules for people is going to become enforceable. So in the past, especially within the EU, um, uh, people could relocate under the EU freedom of movement to move their business themselves, their property into another EU country. Um, but now, uh, while you've got that right as an EU citizen, it doesn't automatically uh, pass to you um, when when your um, uh, uh, those rights don't automatically pass to you unless you do something uh, different with it. Um, you've got to take some action for that, uh, and which is what we're looking at here today. What's the difference between residency and um, uh, uh, and and tax residency. So if we think about with tax residency, what the issue is there is, is that it, you, you want to live and work abroad in that country for a long period of time. Whereas residency, you can be resident without being tax resident. Let's consider the situation of a UK expat. Uh, you may be living and working abroad in the Middle East, in Dubai, in Europe, in Portugal, you might be living in Spain or, or, or Portugal or, or working from Cyprus or Malta or, or within the, the continental Europe. Any of those countries, um, you, you want to be a tax resident in those countries and non-resident uh, back in the UK. And, and you can do that even if you've got a home back in the UK. And what we're looking at here, that, that's what we're going to look at in next week's webinar. But what we're going to look at here is, is, is specifically how that uh, uh, the changes in the residency rules um, and the freedom of movement rules uh, affect people with uh, a home in more than one country. So to keep in touch with the whole series, uh, subscribe to our YouTube series, uh, Living and Working Abroad. Um, and you can follow us and we also do a, a Twitter space uh, if you just want to listen rather than watch uh, one of our webinars, uh, go on to our Twitter uh, pro exam. So um, if, if you own property overseas, um, let me start from the point of view is, uh, let's take our first situation. You have got a tax resident somewhere. So you should be tax resident in, in one country. Now, if you've never lived and worked abroad, that country will be your home country and your country of domicile. Um, now, your country of domicile is hard to change. It stays with you. 
So if you're German and you go and live in Spain, you're still German. You still got a German passport, but uh, your tax residence can change by virtue of you taking up a contract or starting a business in, in Germany. Now, if you own a property in another country, the same rules apply. Now, a property doesn't necessarily mean you need to be a tax resident, but the, the property in itself, the real estate that you occupy, either as a tenant or as an owner, will give you a footprint in that country. So if you're the owner of a property, that property will have its own unique tax residence in that country. So you'll have a, a tax footprint, not as the owner of the property, but as the beneficial owner of the property. Uh, it's the property that has a tax liability, maybe for local taxes or on, on the property in the real estate, when it's local authority rates or, or, or whatever is applicable. So it could be local taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, um, different for each country. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at projectpartnership.com. So when we're living and working abroad with, uh, and we own property, the property is a separate tax entity. Now that's separate property ownership. Uh, if you're not working in that country, but you just want to live and stay in it, um, then uh, you, you can get a residency permit. Now, there's two ways to look at that. To get a residency permit, you need a permanent home. So if you own property, you can get a residency permit. If you don't own property, but you've got a rental property, you can get a residency permit. So to get a residency permit in another country, you, you either need to own or, or, or lease or be a tenant of a, a property on a, a permanent basis. And you're looking at six to 12 months in, in that country um, and, and that residency permit uh, will allow you then to progress your relationship with that new country. Just because you've got a residency permit, uh, it doesn't mean that you're a tax resident. Let's have a look at that in a different way. What a residency permit does, it gives you the freedom of movement to travel between your home country and the country where you own your overseas property and allows you unlimited stays in that property um, uh, up to a whole year if you want to. So you're not limited by the tax limitation uh, to remain non-resident of being there for less than six months a year. So you can, you can stay up to six months without becoming a tax resident. Now the rules in different countries work in different ways. Let's consider uh, an EU expat coming into the UK, you could get a, a residency permit uh, and, and stay up to 180 days without needing any additional um, verification if you've got visa-free travel into the UK. Um, if you're coming from a, a non-visa, a, a country where you need a visa, your visa for the UK would need to cover uh, possibly your entry and, and certainly your stay uh, beyond beyond that 90 days uh, for the rest of the year. So you get a 12 month visitors visa. So that, that would then allow you to do that. Unless you stay more than six months, then you don't become tax resident in, in that year. Okay, so the reverse is true. If you own overseas property as a holiday home and you've got no intention to be living there permanently or um, uh, being a tax resident there, 
you can still have a resident permit. Uh, the tax entity in that other country is the property. So you might have some local taxes on that. You might have some capital gains taxes when that property is sold. You would have an income tax liability if you're letting out that overseas property uh, for tenancy locally, that income will be fixed to that country. But other than that, you as an individual, as a beneficial owner of that property, don't need to be a tax resident of that country. Um, now, if you get that residency permit, the next step, what that gives you is the freedom from the short stay rules. And what we said last week, and, and, and the, the point is, is that short stay rules are being enforced with electronic travel authorities. So if you don't need a visa to travel to the EU and to your holiday home at the moment, you just use your passport and your travel ticket going forward, uh, entering the UK or, or the EU, you will need an electronic travel authority in the same way that you do for Australia, Singapore uh, and, and USA and Canada. Uh, so these are being introduced in 23 and 24 and those electronic travel authorities, they will allow you to travel in. For the EU, you are only allowed 90 days in six months. So that between, for example, um, May and November, you're only allowed to spend 90 days in that holiday home, which may suit you very well. If your lifestyle uh, is such that you're working and you have a holiday abroad and you can spend maybe one, two, three, four weeks in your overseas property, then you may not need a resident permit. However, if you've got the opportunity to work remotely, um, to be a nomad worker, um, or just to spend extended stays overseas that you don't need to uh, be in your, in your home country, um, the electronic travel authority imp implementation will limit your stays and it will be border checked. Let's have a look at some examples of that. In some, from the 1st of May, uh, the new rules have been rolled out within the EU. The EU um, um, have rolled back from full enforcement uh, or, or on the border checks, but the border checks are still taking place. Uh, so you might get mentioned that you've overstayed on your 90 days, although they're not enforcing it at the moment. Um, the, the point is that they, they check on uh, when you're going through the airport. So the airport has passport checks, uh, facial recognition, uh, retina scans, fingerprint scans that are being done every time you leave or go in, into an airport, which allows the, the local government to monitor how long you've been in the country. And in Cyprus, for example, now, um, they're using this real-time data uh, for people that want to book a residency permit. So they, they, they're checking if you're applying for a residency permit, how many days you're spending country. Um, and, you know, unless you're in country, this is a Cyprus rule. Some, some countries you need the residency permit before you go. Cyprus allow you to travel into the country, stay up to 90 days to make your application to stay longer with a, a visitor's visa or, or similar. Um, and, and that gives you, that will then bring in those additional restrictions. So um, the, the travel across border is being checked and monitored and you could potentially be 
refused entry, refused boarding, or or fined on exit from the country if you overstay your stay. Let's consider some of the other implications of, of those short stay rules and how that's going to impact people with overseas property. Um, when you uh, book a ticket online to fly to your holiday home in Portugal or France at the moment, um, and you check in online, you have to check in with your passport and you've got visa-free travel, then everything is fine. Now, if you're going to the United States, you'd have to also have your electronic travel authority available at that time as well before when you're checking in. They won't let you check in, they won't let you board unless you've got that check-in authority. So consider the other way around that, that what's going to happen in the EU and uh, going forward. If you need a visa to travel within the EU into any EU country or UK, then you already need a Schengen zone visa to do that travel. And you need one for each country you're going to travel to. But even if you have that Schengen zone visa, you still can only spend 90, 180 days in any one country. Um, going forward, if you've got visa-free travel uh, around the e to any EU country, you will need electronic travel authority to travel to each country and you'll be limited to 90, 180 days in each of those countries. So if you've got a holiday home in, in one country, let's say Spain, let's say Cyprus, then you will uh, only be able to stay for 90 days and 180 unless you have a residency permit. So owning the property doesn't give you the right to stay beyond the short stay. And, and this is the uh, complication that's coming in for overseas property owners, um, as well as holidaymakers, as well as the, your customers who are traveling as tenants of your overseas property will need the, the, the travel authority. So for somebody going on a one, two week holiday, not a problem, get the electronic travel authority, you make the application online, it lasts for two or three years, um, but it will be needed before you can check in to board the plane, to do the travel. Um, and when you leave, it, it will be used, uh, those records will be used to check if you've overstayed your 90 days um, and, and that could be an enforcement. So this is a complication for any potential expat um, or any potential traveler coming to uh, an overseas property. For more information and guidance, contact us at propartnership.com. Um, so if your overseas property, for example, you let it out as a business, um, whether it's for family or for other guests, the, the extra complication that will become a norm is that they will those uh, holiday guests will need the electronic travel authority to visit your holiday home. If you've got somebody that wants to stay for more than 90 days in 180, um, they won't be able to do that uh, going forward. Uh, unless they've got a residency permit. So even with a Schengen Zone visa uh, or an electronic travel authority, you're still limited to 90, 180 days in any six month period as, as the regulations stand at the moment. If you own that property and you want to spend more time there uh, as a nomad, uh, if you own an overseas property, you want to spend more time there working or um, staying in that property, uh, workers are remotely uh, just living abroad, 
having spring in Provence or uh, summer in Cyprus, uh, for those longer stays, uh, more than 90 days in any six month period, you know, to stay from, like we said, if you want to say June, June, July, uh, June, July, August into September, you can't do that unless you've got any, uh, some sort of extended stay visa going forward. Um, and that's where the residency permit comes in. So what are the solutions for overseas property owners um, in the UK and the EU, uh, as well as other countries going forward? The fact that you own the property could well allow you to get a, a residency permit. Depending upon the value of the property and your circumstances, there's a scenario where you can get that residency permit um, it, so that you're not restricted on the amount of times you travel to your property and the amount of time you spend in the property. Nothing to do with your tax residence unless you want to do that. So if you want to avoid becoming tax resident in an overseas jurisdiction, then you need to spend less than six months uh, in a year in that country. If you spend more than six months in Portugal or Spain, they will deem you to be tax resident and require you to do a tax return. If you're receiving uh, income on an overseas property rental in Spain or, or Portugal or Cyprus or, or Malta or France, then you should be declaring that income in that local country and that local jurisdiction. Okay. Now, in the past, that might not have been enforced and it might not have been enforceable. But again, with exchange of information, uh, that, that is becoming more enforceable. So, for example, if you're using Airbnb or Booking.com or Hotels.com, one of the big um, uh, holiday booking agents, um, all these companies are regulated and have to report their income and tax findings to the authorities. So that information flow goes through. So if they're taking holiday bookings for a property that's based in Cyprus, um, that, that Cyprus property is a, a tax resident in Cyprus and the Airbnb booking information will be passed along uh, using your name as a beneficial owner uh, to the Cyprus and in turn the UK tax authorities um, to, to, to record that information. So if your tax records are not correct for your overseas property or, or your home tax returns, then you've got potentially uh, to be caught and found out about your tax uh, or any undeclared income going forward. We always say there are ways to save tax um, by following the rules and not by breaking them. Uh, that, that's a recipe for disaster for all. So, what if I own overseas property, do I have to become tax resident? No, you don't. Your property could be tax resident on its own. You, as an individual owner, don't need to become a tax resident in that country. You can be the beneficial owner uh, of that property in the same way a director is responsible for a company. Um, and that's where your tax liability comes from. So you may well be paying it, but if the property, which is the tax resident, you don't need to become a tax resident unless you want to. But if you spend more than 180 days in a country in that tax year, then, then you will become 
uh, or could be deemed to be tax resident as well. Uh, if you're renting uh, overseas property, then you've got a potential property rental tax liability to declare to that home country. Now you could do that on your UK return. Um, uh, and if you declare your overseas property rental on your UK return and declare that the property is in Spain, that, that will cover all the eventualities. Uh, but if you become a tax resident by staying longer in the overseas jurisdiction, you as an individual need to become tax resident in that country as well as your property. For more information and guidance, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, we, we've got know-how to how to manage family and business living and working abroad, including people that, that want to work remotely, people that are traveling overseas on business, and people that are have got overseas property and, and use that as a, a property rental business uh, for income or just for longer stay uh, uh, during their, their, their trips during in any year. Circumstances change all the time and product offer a fantastic annual tax return service which gives you the advice and guidance through the year uh, as a retained client or tax return client. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living and Working Abroad. Uh, next week, we're going to look uh, in a bit more detail uh, uh, around this subject of the, the residency permits and try and uh, cover it from a slightly different angle uh, for, for our clients, where we're looking at um, how you can remain non-resident while just uh, visiting the family in the UK. So take the reverse perspective, per se. So we've got many clients that are living and working abroad, they own property uh, in the UK, and they've got family in the UK. How do we remain non-resident while, while, while uh, you're maintaining uh, non-resident in the UK while retaining a tax residence abroad? That's what we're looking at for next week. Uh, so don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You get automatic reminders. Uh, and you can contact us at propartnership.com for more information and guidance on uh, overseas property ownership and how you may need a resident permit to have free uh, unfettered access to your property without restrictions, uh, short stay restrictions, uh, electronic travel authority requirements that are coming in to the UK and the EU in 23, 24. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you again next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.